It is a Friday edition of the Jack Michaels Show. Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen. I think Derek's around the corner. He just bumped in when we were chatting about this. Uh, I heard the, him in the hall. I yeah, he's don't rocking. Know where he's he's, uh, he's rocking and rolling, baby. It's it's Friday. We're here. We've got uh, oh, there's our newest. Uh, oh, you ever had our newest receptionist, Deb? Have you met Deb? I great, have met Deb. Yeah, great yes. lady, right very there. Nice, very nice lady. I always feel sorry for them because we have six, you know, radio properties here. We've got an upstairs that's full of offices and account managers, and we've got engineers and newsrooms. Whenever the receptionist comes walking down towards the fan studio, there's always that look of, uh, it, nope, it's not for you. <laughs> it's like, what's she coming in here for? It is. Uh, it's weekend time. It, here's how crazy, like individually us. Derek's does the Derek does the PA for the buys and wrestling, so he's got that tonight at at Shield Center. So it's Minnesota and North Dakota State in in wrestling. Couple of you know you just heard a little bit of Roger Kish there. Brad's got a doubleheader tonight at Cheyenne of high school hoops at Davies and, and Cheyenne. I you know I moonlight as a little bit of the Fargo South PA announcer. Yes. So I got I'm doing PA tonight. I'll be at South Gym South and Central. Central, yeah. So I got that. Derek's got the PA at the Shields. You'll be at Cheyenne. There's football going on at the Fargo. And Dan Michaels, our colleague, he yes. has the PA for that. So Dan's going to be over if there. If I was not at Cheyenne, I would have been at the Dome You would have been working for I ESPN. Been working, I would have been work, making serious quick bucks. But, Don't forget uh, the fact that, that our Friday nights aren't going to be casual. We're all going to be everywhere and then some, uh, and it's good. And and, and the scuttlebutt yesterday, of course, was was obviously in the, the, the Griner release and all that. And then that, that, that was that's still Twitter-friendly. And now uh, today... You know, it's it's the whole uh, the Atlantic Sun and, and the whack, and I I called a game with uh, with Abilene Christian uh, this year, and they're part of that. You know, it's all about that. You know, trying to pair up uh, to attempt to move to to FBS and create their the FBS, uh, you know, another conference there, whatever that would be called. And so now this is 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 uh, you know everybody talking about you know in the Twitter world and who would go and what about this and when is NDSU moving up and how about South Dakota State. And then I was just chatting with Brad Derek a little off air. I'm going, you know, what if, what if like the like the big sky in the valley formed and chopped off this, oh, yeah. and could that be one? So this now is all the the groundswell. Do you know it's it's good. I like that. You looking? You ready for wrestling tonight? By the way, you ready I'm to go? Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of fun. Well, I've said for until people are you know I'm blue in the face this that I think the Power Five conferences should go do their own thing in the FBS and the bottom tier the F. BS and the top tier, the FCS should combine and have a big tournament. I yes, I, I just right there. That's the way to go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the only logical move because let's take a gander. So this weekend's Army <laughs> Navy, right? And mm-hmm. you know that yep. kind of wraps everything up, and then then we get into the uh, the the bowl season, and the, the the bowl season is you know is what it is. But that first you know weekend of the bowl season, uh, Friday mm-hmm. is going to feature the. Bahamas Bowl with UAB and Miami of Ohio. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not really what I would say appointment television. Right. Even a two ranked teams in the Duluth Trading Cure Bowl, mm. UTSA, which you're familiar with, right. and Troy. Yeah. I mean, UTSA, good, that's good two club. o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. Oh, the rotor, the UTSA rotor. You know they. Uh, uh, but again, you're not. Uh, you're going at it as as um, uh, a must see. Must listen. I just think that must watch. Yeah, I think you're talking about two different worlds here. I mean, SMU and BYU in the New Mexico Bowl. I mean, who cares about something like that, right? I mean, that's on prime time on ABC for crying out loud. Is it really (laughs) (laughs) on that Saturday night? I mean, wow. Honestly, wow. Yeah, that's just not what kind of rating does that get? Nothing. And and is the the FCS championships? That's on. Is that on? Is the ESPN two? 
Because like, it was a couple years ago, it was on ABC. It's going to be on ABC on It is Sunday on ABC afternoon. again. Okay. Competing Great. with the NFL this year. Yes. Which is a genius move, said no one ever. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I, why, why? I mean, honestly, what's that going to be like? How many times have the Bison and Vikings been head to head in anything? I mean, right. I mean, they were right. close one year in the FCS with the 49ers playoff game. Correct. Yes. Mostert ran all over them. It was a, almost like a double header around here. It was basically. Yeah. In case you're wondering, uh, in in collegiate football, for those that, that follow the the formerly known as the one double A and now the FCS, and those that, that follow one A or FBS is now we call it. In the FBS, there's the American, the ACC, the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, the Conference USA. You have your independents, uh, the Mid-American, the Mountain West, the Pac-12, the SEC, and the Sun Belt. And then when you look at, at, at the FCS, you know, you got the A-Sun-WAC, which is what we're talking about here, where they maybe just want to form their own and, and move FBS. Uh, you got the Big Sky, the Big South, the CAA. You got your independents at FCS, the Great Mile. You got the Ivy, the MEAC, the Missouri Valley, the Northeast, the Ohio Valley, the Patriot, the Pioneer, the Southern, the Southland, the SWAC, we can go on to this. So what, what's your your thought is this, is that the upper tier of FBS and those those yep. majors, you know, those those are the big Have power Have your 12 playoff thing coming up. Right? Yeah, they're going to have that. Incorporate That's starting the goals in, in it. Incorporate that. And then the the, the group of five, that, that, that lower tier on that, mixed with the upper conferences or teams within the FCS – to formulate that next level, Derek, and then what? Like, do you want to go further and go thirty-six teams? Do you want to take the upper level of D two and bring those into the lower part of the FCS and, and well, form another, and then have if a, they want to? I, I mean, I think just if you just took the top what four five conferences in the FCS and then the bottom five of the FBS, that's gonna be a lot of teams, and you're gonna be able to you know and maybe make it a 10, you know, 11 game regular season schedule and then just have more playoffs and I think that would be much more entertaining. And you know, just we got to kind of cut some of these bowls out and make some of these bowls like there's no reason the pinstripe bowl should exist. I'm sorry, my apologies to New York Bowl, you know, and and the Gophers what they're going to, but there are enough venues like the lot the Las Vegas Bowl should feature more than the Mountain West. As a Gopher fan, would you rather go play in the Pinstripe Bowl or go play in the Raiders' new the stadium one? in Las Vegas? That could mean more prominence if you had if you're not in the twelve team tournament well, into something like that. And so here's why you're on to something too. What what still makes and I get it the FCS. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of talk on Twitter with with this A Sun Whack news that came out today, and they're looking to form uh, that you know about the uh, dilution. I guess I will use that word. Of the FCS, and why is there a dilution? Because some of these teams, right, they've made their move on. But what still makes the FCS appealing uh, for some is what you're talking about, the tournament structure in which Mm -hmm. there's a a playoff. So what what is the right fit of the right teams in the right league, let's call it that, that could have a tournament structure that would make this? In your essence is what you're saying is eliminate some of the bowls, make playoff types availability with productive, good teams that people want to watch and see. Well, we don't need the Bahamas Bowl. We can make, I think we make the bowls, even the the bottom of the, you know, not on the food chain of the bowls, the lower ones, a little bit more entertaining because there's some venues that make no sense for what's coming in compared to playing in Yankee Stadium. I just, there are money in, there's money in bowls though. For sure, and mainly because ESPN keeps them alive because they want to, it's programming for them, and they actually don't do that bad because right. people are at home during the day and you know vacation or whatever. <laughs> right. So, 
Yeah, so there's a lot of my, my point. And Tony Kornheiser can take the day off, and that's, that's, right. what, it, <laughs> that's, right. that's what it comes down yeah. to. And Will Bond can take a week Pardon off. Pardon interruption yeah. can just kind of <laughs> sit back for a that's day. A, that's a big part of it. It's content. You're right, and especially since ESPN split like 19 different, you know, two, three, plus this, right. that, other thing. Right. There's so much content that, you, yes, it does serve a purpose, and there's advertisers that want to be seen on that, that van. So but, so they answered this, a big pot that you're spin, that you're spinning here, that can't happen overnight. Do you really? Do you you guys think that this thing, the, this idea, the ace on whack, boom, we want to be around? And I know that there's moratoriums put, and it's got to go through boards and and channels to do that. But you know, when you read stories like this, you think it's going to be so expeditiously done overnight. Oftentimes, it is not done. But but maybe we're in a different. I don't know. Maybe it can be done sooner than I just don't later. know why you want to run to the FBS to go be in meaningless bowls. I, that's yeah. what I don't understand well, I, about that. You know, especially for these. Schools and there's let's see you got Stephen F Austin who's had moderate degree of success in FBS the Austin P's of the yeah Abilene Christian Utah Tech's relatively new Southern Utah has never been any good at football Tarleton State's I think relatively new to FCS good hoops club yeah Central Arkansas is actually coming to play the Bison next year and then they go to Arkansas I think at 26 Scotty Pippen and then uh, North Alabama who was a Really solid Division II program yeah, was so. still really, you know, in fact, they came up here to play the Bison a couple of years ago, I believe. So, um, but still relatively new to the FCS world that, you know, I just, I don't know. To me, this is kind of, this is a lot of leftover. I mean, I since say leftovers, but just programs that haven't proved a whole lot in FCS, and now they're going to make a, make another jump. In the perception of this, it, the, the North uh, the North Dakota states, and I get it, that might be a little different because they they certainly have dominated. I mean, there hasn't been a team that has dominated the no. league more than that one has. It's an anomaly. You know, it's just it, you don't see this often. And South Dakota State now, I think, is starting to be spoken of in a vein because they've 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 had some you know obviously a good success and moving on and congratulations to stig coach of the year and all that but are they just in a, are they jan brady Derek, brad are they they stuck in the middle between well, they're in a tough know, spot if alabama's marcia and the other ones are young are they, are they stuck in the middle and and this is why they're swimming right uh right now yes uh, kind of i think so yeah geography really stinks because i yeah. mean as and and to be honest i mean it South Dakota State's world might be a little bit different if they were located directly in Sioux Falls, too, right? Where the airport's right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I think they would be looking at this a little bit more. Good point on geography. I mean, very, I, very I, good you, point. so, and then those two cool schools would be said, well, we did it once in 2003. Let's do it again together somewhere. And, and that would probably be appeal- more appealing. I mean, it's not a huge bus ride from Sioux Falls Airport to Brookings, but no. it would be just, it, it's. The fact that you can, you know, Gene Taylor would always say this: you can fly someone in, they can more or less walk over to the Fargo Dome. Is it attractive to. to the Montana states and Montanas? And you know, North Dakotas, you know, they're getting there. They get to maybe a playoff game. It just can't get past that 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 hump, or, or a little tougher to get past the hump. But where do you put the Montanas and the Montana states that have some blue blood? At least in Montana's case, history, oh, for sure. history. Montana state certainly with recent success. Are are they in that spot too? Where out there, they're talking about you know what? Yeah, we we'd fit well in that kind of a new. Uh, well, what's FBS. our dream conference if we combine the two? I mean, oh. you're looking at well, the Nodak school, Nodak and Soda, and and Montana, and Montana right. schools, of Northern and Iowa, maybe Northern, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe Northern Colorado, maybe possibly. They've been from, struggling so much. Yeah, but, I mean, from a football standpoint, but, no, but from I just a geographical. But and, and, if you want to get to an even number, correct. Right. You know, where's Weber at? They're yeah. successful, but they're, it's a kind of a small little area, right? I mean, it's not, you're not is, talking. Is EW uh, too far out 
is um, you know Eastern Washington. Well, Eastern Washington, their problem is as financially, know, as they've been sitting there struggling financially, yeah, and true. their budget's been in the red. And they're really too kind of they're kind of too close to Washington State. Well, you really, talk about falling off a little bit because that yeah. was that the, would uh, be an understatement. Well, I say, well, how we, they thought that might be a decent matchup. You know, Bisner playing at U.S. Bank Stadium against them next year. Who knows? That might be it could be a forty nine to fourteen. Uh, a couple texts say, let's not forget that we are only four or five years removed from missing six minutes of the national championship game in Frisco because the Villanova basketball game ran long on ESPN. That's right. Not exactly must-see TV, and that was the <laughs> championship right. game. I remember. I think I was on a Bison men's basketball game call, calling yeah. the game and someone said, look at this. They, they've already started that. They've already, they're have already they still airing this. You know, yeah, That's a good text to yes. 35270. Uh, text for uh, kind of, uh, Derek said, I'm sorry, Derek. It's a meaningless bull to you, to the school, to the students, to the parents, and some of us overall sports fans. Those are not meaningless bull games. Well, I don't, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I mean, you know, I mean, but I can tell you firsthand as someone who has, you know, been a, a part of a kind of a niche sport for quite some time. What we're talking about here is what. Would these kids like a home playoff game and have that opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think I, that's I, fair to you to say. You don't, you, I mean, you didn't bring that up. To diss every right. bowl, you, you're you're saying I think the the playoff aspect of of these. Yeah, I mean when when the boy won a, you know, the Barnesville tournament in the wrestling, it, it wasn't a big thing. It wasn't, but it meant a lot to the. I totally understand that, but I think when you look at a situation of what what can be better for the overall sport, I mean, I, you wouldn't like this, Jack, but I mean, I thought. I thought the FCS, they had a little bit of their own thing in that spring year. I mean, people were talking about it much more than, than right. it was like, well, what's they're, going on? They were kind of separate. And you get lost bit. in the shuffle a little bit. Yeah. I mean, there's the whole country, as much as we're focused on this game tonight, it's an afterthought for right. 99.9% of the country. It's a regional with drippings of national attention. And people might be home and come home from a long day of work, don't want to go out or whatever, and they'll stumble upon it and they'll yeah. watch it. But Well, yeah, and ESPN, I, I, actually, to their credit, um, it was making it a double header. Yes. You know, we got Bison and then Montana State, and then you can check out Sac State, and then you know tomorrow South Dakota State front and center. What eleven a.m. on uh, on the yeah. on the mothership? And obviously so. the network wins when <laughs> when the viewership is up and the games are good, and some of the individual players have stories mm. and they move on. So they've been fortunate that some of that has been part of that programming. Right. Going back to your point about content, I, I I understand the text. Trust me, with the brother in well, San right, Antonio, UTSA is yes. is big stuff down there. That's a, they really lock in. I get that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, and I would no more say that about you know some people like to make fun of the FCS. Oh, it's the minor leagues. I mean, I I, I don't say that either. I totally get it. I mean, I do have people in my life who say that type of thing. But I mean, as far right. as the overall, what what are we accomplishing here? It's it's it just seems like that bottom tier, of the FBS, is just purgatory right now. Well, that's exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's. I don't know where you. You know, there are some good stories. I mean, Coastal Carolina has been one. James Madison, what they've done right away, right? Um, but Certainly, I, you know, App, App State obviously was original. Yeah, right. That was a fantastic I think, story. I think Georgia Southern's done okay. Um, but for every one of those, there's you know, there's going to be right. the Wax and the yeah. Ace Suns. Yeah, and, it's like an eighty-five fifteen you know, split, right? You know, with that, that you know. The Mac gets a little attention because it's Tuesday night and Wednesday night or whatever during the week on ESPN, and it's Maction, but with a bunch of directional schools, yeah. right? And I guess it's it. I a lot of times it's not real great football. And either. why we're why this is 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 topical, and maybe there really is no answers. That the NCAA to me, you know, there's such a shift. We're 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 in a, we're in a we're living in a world right now with such a shift in the NC2A. And with many different reasons why. I mean, it, you look at some of these. Tell me, you haven't tuned in also of. Uh, 
you know, go, I haven't seen a CAA game. I wonder what the old Colonial looks like. And yep. it's, you know, a couple of metal stands here with a building <laughs> behind. Go, Wait a minute. They don't have a dome. They don't play in a, this, this doesn't seat 13,000. We are really spoiled here, yes. <laughs> right. Actually, I was talking to one of the one of the guys, uh, was one of the ESPN crew, and he travels all over the country last week. And he just said, he says to me, he says, I had heard so much about the Fargo Dome from colleagues that have worked here. He says, this was, he says, this was a bucket list place for me to come. Oh, sure. sure. Wow. I can, I can understand that. And if you've yeah. been at Washington Grizzly, you're looking going, wow, this is beautiful. Yep. Tw- I would like to 26,000 strong yeah. and mountain ranges and also yeah. We kind of tend to look at... And Bozeman's kind of that way, too. Maybe it doesn't have quite right. the... But it has a good feel Quite to the it, yeah. panache of Washington Grizzly. But yeah, there is a feel of the same. Um, uh, so, yeah, so that's been the, the scuttlebutt, I guess, uh, today on that. I, we'll see how that goes. Uh, the game tonight. Also, uh, South Dakota State, I, I, did you see the story of their, their cornerback there that uh, uh, arrested on a warrant for a couple of counts of a second-degree petty Ugh. theft uh, from an incident, I believe, back in June? It was the summer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was back in June. So uh, so Malink Lofton, uh, his his appearance and uh, court appearance for January 23rd. Now, he's a three-year, and an academic, you know, uh, all-conference uh, player and all that, but... Uh, and so the the day you you know Stig is coach of the year, national coach of the year, and congratulations again. But uh, you know you're gonna I'll be, he he had mentioned that well obviously we're gonna have to have some team discipline for that too. I would I I'm just guessing here, but I'm I'm assuming that he probably will not play in the game tomorrow against Holy Cross. I'm, I haven't seen that. I'm just gonna spitball that. Kick off. Uh, Temperature tomorrow, 11 a.m. in Brookings. 28, by the way. 28 degrees. Oh, my goodness. That'll be fine. Uh, so a little, well, it won't uh, be bad, though. Well, start playing. I could play football Because I was Because yeah, we were spitballing after the game Saturday, and I think I said, I wonder if they would put South Dakota State Friday night at 6. <laughs> and they said, I think it's the number one seed they earned 11 a.m. Saturday. Lucky they're not playing next uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in this neck Ooh, of the woods because it's... What's it, what's, what's it going to be at Bozeman? Sounds like, like we're that. running into some snow and who knows what oh, a little man. mixture of everything next week. Uh, we'll step aside. We'll come back. Travis Dunn uh, joins the roundtable. Uh, speaking of big uh, weekends in sport... You know, we're talking about wrestling and basketball and football and all that. Hockey team in action at Western Michigan. We're gonna we're gonna shuffle off to Kalamazoo. Coming up next, Travis Dunn joining us on the program. Your text at three five two seven zero. We're broadcasting Jack Michael Show live from the Gunderson Jeweler Studio today on seven forty. The fan. I think I'm gonna text Sam Cates and say, you know, that mayorship for all years. Travis Dunn should have been the mayor. Well, I'm just kidding. Oh, staying away from politics, my friend. Staying away from politics. What what are politics? Is is Winnipeg? They like to argue there too. Is is Winnipeg a politically uh, charged city? By the way, Travis. Well, you know, it's funny. I had that conversation with someone yesterday, matter of fact, about that very issue about you know Canada being politically charged. You know, there is a Western Canada separatist movement. Uh, We've always heard about the uh, Quebecois part of the equation, where Quebec wants to leave the Canadian, uh, you know, the entity known as Canada. And then they've been they've been talking separatists for a long, long time. But uh, you know, you have oil out west, a lot of oil money, and they don't want to share it with the east, and they don't want to share the revenue with the east. And yet, where does all your tax dollar goes to the east? Because that's where the majority of the people live. Uh-huh. No different than anywhere else. It's like a big North Dakota. Doesn't that sound that's, <laughs> all right, Travis? That yeah. sound, look at it, Derek. Going, that sounds a little this familiar. Really familiar. Being yes. from Western North Dakota, that feels kind of a similar. Uh, so, someone uh, that used to be in the North Dakota State Senate mentioned to me that. More people live on the east side of I-29 than all of the west side. That's kind wow. of... Wow. Well, and you, and you know, that's South crazy Dakota as well, guys. West, the word West River 
is something they take very seriously down in South Dakota. Yeah. If you're not from West River, you know, that, that there's a big separatist, not separatist, but, you know, separation between yeah. Western Western South Dakota and Eastern South Dakota, where, you know, it, it, it's the same in every state. It's the same in every province. And uh, everybody wants their piece of the pie, I guess, is what you can call it. See that how uh, Travis' first words were, I don't want to talk politics. We got into a little yeah. bit of politics right there. How about yeah, that? Well, there yeah. we go. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about That's, another uh, West then. Let's go Western <laughs> Michigan. See that segue right yeah. Very good. Lawson, Lawson Ice Arena. It, it, now this one, and, and maybe Brad, maybe you've called games or not or been in there, or you, uh, but I, I stink, distinctly remember talking to Tim Hennessy a while back about uh, calling games from Lawson Ice Arena, and, and this doesn't seem like a fun part to be on the visiting visiting side at this place. Yeah, I don't oh, know much know about it. You don't? I, I, I've heard stories about it. they they typically pick a number and pick on that player, and I guess it's number four. So they'll go after the defenseman for UND, and I can't think of his name off his top of his head, my head right now. But they go after that player. But you know what? I love those environments when I played. You know, uh, in in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, you know Dane County Coliseum, where the band played. When you say Wisconsin, you've said it all. You know, and they, you know, <laughs> the hostile environment is so much fun to play in because the main thing is if you win the game. You get to shut them up, and that's that. There's nothing more powerful than winning a game in a rink like that, and looking in the stands at them. Well, they're boo-hooing and you're cheering, and they're, you know, they're not very happy. But you may have not happy by being the home team. So you know, it's a different mentality on the road. And you, and I heard I've been listening to the show like I do every day when yep. I'm around town. You guys, you guys, are the best show in town. That's right. You know, you talk about the, the, the Fargo Dome. There's a lot of teams that are already a touchdown down before they hit the field. Right. Because they're intimidated by the environment. UND, same thing. There is nobody that puts on a pregame show like Ralph Englestead Arena. Yeah. And if you and if you're if you're the opposing team and you're taking it all in, going, wow, look at the laser beams and look at all the music and look at that jumbotron. It's more than it's a super duper jumbotron. Uh, they get caught up in that stuff, and you're down a goal before the game starts. Yeah, is, so, is the Fargo Dome a, a seven point favorite uh, right out of the gate, and is Ralph Engelstead Arena a goal <laughs> favorite out yeah, of the gate? I, well, Most years. Yeah. I, I've <laughs> never been to a football game at Fargo Dome, so that, that I, I can't speak to that. You guys obviously better. Well, at least yeah. the field goal, put it that way. Yeah. But uh, the intimidation factor is there, and the fact that you're in this uh, the, that hostile environment, you have to you have to get, get used to it. And teams that have success there tend to have older teams that are prepared for that because they've seen it before. If it's your first time and you're a freshman, it's uh, it's probably a little overwhelming. But anyway, back to Western Michigan. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough environment to win, but every arena is a tough environment to win in, in what we call college hockey these days because of the parity and the transfer portal, which is driving everybody absolutely crazy. Your uh, answer, by the way, fellas, is Cooper Moore is number four. Cooper Moore. Cooper Moore is number four. Travis on the broadcast team with Tim and Darren Looker. Yeah, Cooper Moore. That's the yep. guy. Cooper Moore. I think you'll be the guy you're picking on tonight. Travis, I don't care if it's what arena it's in outside on a pond or whatever. This team just needs some wins. I mean that's just all there is to it. Yeah, basically you're right. You know, it's funny this week uh, you guys all saw the Brad Schlossman article on statistics and I talked to my good friend Scott Taylor last night on Game On about statistics and as he stated statistics are for losers. Um, there's only three that I really count on for hockey. That's goals against, goals for, and maybe end face-off. Those are probably the three most important statistics. But Brad dug up a whole bunch of stuff from uh, UND's in the top five in the country when it comes to uh, uh, offensive zone possession. But yet they've lost more games than they've won. Wow. <laughs> and they managed to have a lot. They're helping the opposing team block a lot of shots, obviously, because those shots aren't getting to the net. 
but hey, it's a statistic that shows that they're doing better than we think they are. Well, in a lot of ways, they're not. Um, they have to figure a way, A, to get the puck to the net, B, create havoc in front of the net, all these things that, you know, we look at statistics and go, well, what do you have to do to win the game? You know, a, score more goals and don't have their team score as many. That's about as deep as you want to get. But at the same time, it's uh, what this hockey team has to do is have some success to build on. It's going to be a long three weeks off if they have uh, challenges this weekend uh, winning a game. We'll take a call here on this. I was about to reference that those two those rhyming words that you guys use, use uh, that call hockey, puck luck. Going, hmm, did Travis uh, just define puck luck there, or is it not that simple? Uh, you know, Could they be doing, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing more here? Uh, I don't think that answers all the equations here. Let's go to the phone that was line. Gino started that puck luck thing. All is that where they went? It? Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, have, uh, yeah, yeah. Brad, define puck luck, by the way. What, what's the definition in Travis? What, what's the definition of puck luck to you, Brad? You throw Brad, it. Brad, go first. Okay, uh, you throw it in traffic. It, it, it hits the defenseman in the rear end and kicks it for a goal. <laughs> yeah. That's puck. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, it's it, always. Sure, pick on the defenseman, Brad. Or, or, or banks in off a... Sure. Pick on the defenseman. You, you, you bank one, you know, the, the stick save, and it kicks off a goalie skating in or something. That's okay. fucking... Well, you know, the NHL, in the NHL, I've seen it go off of a guy's face yep. on the offensive side of the equation and score a goal. So, you know, that that's your definition of puck luck. Now, it's also dental care luck and facial <laughs> surgery luck, too. Correct. Because yeah. my follow-up on that, and we'll get to the phone, and my follow-up after, after the call will be... Can you create puck luck? And if so, how yeah. do you consistently create? I would say yes. With good luck. shots, yes. Right? Good shots and a lot of traffic. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Got a, and maybe going back to your first point, Travis, that's what was I was envisioning there with this team. Uh, line two. Good uh, Good. Uh, I was going to say good morning. It's already afternoon, isn't it? Welcome aboard. What's up today? Well, I, I got a question for the enforcer. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I've just uh, been following the suit team as close as the enforcer has. And uh, way too many grade-A chances given up, and the goalies aren't stopping them. To be expected, there's good scores. But I look back to your teams, Travis, and I look to the 82 teams, and I'm sorry, I know the game is different now, but we don't have a Howard Walker. Clevin could be. We don't have a Kerry Eads. We don't have a Dean decision yet. And you talked about intimidation enforcer. Where is Mm -hmm. it on this Sioux team? Where is it? Well, Tyler Clevin is basically that guy. However, the rules of the games have changed so much. With yeah, I know it every time. Contact. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it's the head contact, and they take him out, and, and the Miami guy got kicked out when he hit uh, Fuchs or number 20 for the Sioux. Yep. Right along, yep. right up uh, by the boards. And uh, uh, but, like, but, but it was interesting. I remember when the uh, 82 team was in that game after Eddie uh, played on uh, or Eddie went in the net on Friday night after his last skate and that 82 team said the Sioux lost the Saturday night game in the last five minutes of the Friday night game because they didn't pound them to make you it know, intimidating that, that, to come out on Saturday night and, and we're not you seeing were it and, yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely I think more yeah, than you, anything you were, you were paying, yeah go ahead and it, it's not so much that you even have to be you know because back in the days when I mean, you're talking, you know, Howard Walker and Kerry Eads. I mean, they could sit five minutes after a fight. They'd actually let him fight a little bit. So yeah, there was that. But I think more than anything, what I hear so many people talk about is just the lack of physicality, right? I mean, they just have to have the intimidation there that it's not going to be an easy way to the net if you got the puck in your hand. Correct. You know, we, hear, we hear all the time the word time and space, the words time and space. And how do you create time and space in hockey? Well, 
these these guys are all amazing athletes on the ice, and that and Scott Taylor mentioned this last night, and sometimes we forget this. There are two teams on the ice, and time and space is something you don't have a lot of. And uh, from up above in the press box, the game looks so easy, or up in the stands, the game looks so easy. But when you're on the ice, things things happen within nanoseconds. We always say a second or two. No, it's nanoseconds. You have to react. You have to move the puck. You've got to get to the opening. All these things happen in a very quick period of time. Uh, with time and space that's created by uh, a physicality of a Terry Eves, the physicality of a Howard Walker, or in this case, a Tyler Clevin, when, when the opposing team has to hesitate thinking, wait a minute, I might get hit here or I might get you know bumped here, all clean stuff. We're not talking anything that's uh, outside the rules of the game. That gives you the time and space, that, that extra nanosecond to move the puck into the opening and get going. And, and that's exactly what this team doesn't have. Uh, they don't have a lot of physicality. And every successful team uh, the UND has ever had uh, has had that entity. Uh, Lee Gorin, for example, a great, a, great, a great example of it from the 2000 National Championship team. There's always been guys like that who could play both physically and can play with the top skill level. Troy Murray, a classic example, in my opinion, is still the best player to ever play at UND. We've talked about this before, but he could play physical. He could play as finesse as you wanted. He could play whatever style of game was, was presented to him at that opportunity to make his team successful. This team, does, you know, let's face it, Jackson Blake is an elite talent, but he's not a physical specimen on the ice, and that's not what he's there to do. But you still have to have a combination of the two. Good call. I'm trying to remember, Travis. What was, what was uh, I'm trying to remember, number uh, uh, 21 from back when you played. Just a, a third-line oh, okay. defensive forward. He's in the UND Hall of Fame now. Chadwick, Paul Chadwick. Paul Chadwick. Paul Chadwick. There, there you go. Yep. You know, yep. that's what championship teams are made of. Third and fourth liners that go along with the Dougie Smales and Kevin Maxwell's and Mark Taylor's. Good call yeah, today. Uh, yeah, great call. Good Absolutely. call today. Thanks for thanks for chiming in. Same, yeah, that's the same thing in the National Hockey League as well, though, guys. Too. You know, the teams that are successful have the combination. Why did Why did the Minnesota Wild bring in Reed? Well, they wanted right. some intimidating physicality for sure. Yep. There you go. Of- and so, what what does he create? Time and space for guys like Kaprizov, because the guys that go after Kaprizov know that well, they might get kind of bumped around if they do. So it gives them time and space, and that's what makes teams successful. We got a text, Brad. Yep. Texter piggybacks kind of on that uh, on that same topic. When are they going to start recruiting defensive-minded players? Scoring goals is important. <laughs> But we need to play defense as well. Also, players that are not going to depart to the NHL after a year or two need to to develop some team camaraderie. Uh, I will say the second one's going to be awfully tough. And, and we're, let's let's put this out. We're not talking goons here, right? We're not we're not talking goons, right? Here, right, right. right. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, looking at the guys UND has recruited lately, they've got uh, commitment. Matter of fact, from Chicago Steel, one of the, the leading scorers in the league. Another five foot nine, five foot ten, hundred eighty pound, eighty pound guy play, uh, player. Now I've never seen him play. Maybe perhaps he is physical, but you're right. But you know what? Every team's looking for that big, skilled, tough forward who can score goals. You know, again, you go back to recruiting. It's extremely competitive out there, and you know you're not going to get all those guys. But at the same time, to be successful, they have to find some grit somewhere. Um, and I anticipate they're making adjustments in that fashion to, to do so, but you can't make a team different in what their personality is uh, and, and the personality of those players. Again, you go back to a Jackson Blake and look at the great start. He's on the world junior roster uh, for a reason. 
but he's not there because of the physical part of it. He's there because he can play the game and score goals. And, uh, um, again, that's not what his strength is, uh, being physical. So right. they just have to figure a way. Right now, uh, fellas, so if I, so Denver, St. Cloud, Omaha, Western Michigan, Duluth, uh, CC, North Dakota, and Miami, which one of those schools right now, Travis, is perceived as a physical, tough, kind of what we've been talking about? How many of those schools right there I just mentioned at the NCHC fit that grid, fit that mold? Well, you know, not having seen all these teams, Denver, well, let's go back also then, Jack, and flip the page a little bit. We talk about the transfer portal, mm-hmm. the teams that have had success with getting 50-year players that have been around the league. You talk about the Crookshanks and guys like that that are 24 and 25 years old. Um, that's significant in, in, to have that kind of a talent in your roster, plus the fact that they're a little bit on the older side and been through the wars on the ice. That makes a big difference, big impact as well. But St. Cloud State, not super physical team, but very skilled. Omaha, not super physical, but very skilled. Western Michigan plays what they call that pro style of, of offense, you know, the, uh, of hockey. The sure. big banging guys don't give you very much space, so they're more of a pro style. Duluth has had, well, it's hard to know. They've had so many injuries and things of that nature. It's hard to know what Duluth is this year. Colorado College is on the way up. They're building with freshmen, and they didn't bring in a lot of transfers. So I anticipate they're going to finish strong this year and be a pretty good force the next three or four years. Miami, uh, just not a very good hockey team, and to be honest, uh, and not busting on North Dakota right now, not a great hockey team. Uh, but again, you look at that goals against average, that really hurts them. And neither Helstrom, Helston, pardon me, or uh, DeRitter have really proven that they're the number one guy. So if there's a weakness this team needs to figure out, goaltending is probably the biggest one. Yeah, 27 goals, 31 uh, goals against for North Dakota. The enforcer, Travis Dunn, host of Game On, co-host, I should say, and around the rink. He's so popular. He's award-winning hockey uh, guru, Brad Anderson, Derek Hansen, Jack Michael show today on 740. Uh, the fan, you know, it, it, w- this was a thing, I think, someone mentioned this to me the other day going, oh, those were hacks teams too. Start out slow, and then second half they'd, they'd really turn it on. Or those were Blazers. They'd start out a little slow in Christmas break, and then they'd turn it on. That that was that was a perception. Has has it not been Travis uh, for North Dakota hockey over the years? I don't think Brad Berry buys that. I think I don't think Hack would buy that. But that was always a perception. Oh yeah, they get it running right in the second half, and then they find, then they start stringing points, and boom, everything is right with the world. Uh, well, they sure add a lot of stress to the world when they do that, don't they? Yeah. You know, look at uh, look at the University of Minnesota Duluth. They're the one in the national championship. They, they're pairwise. They got in by a point zero zero one, I believe, of a point. That's right. You, you don't want to be in that position. You want to take care of your own destiny, as they always say, or or density, as uh, as they said, Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> nice reference there. Nice George uh, McFly <laughs> reference. That's the first <laughs> McFly <laughs> reference he's had. I love that. Oh, there we go. I'm, I'm really on the ball today. You know, it's nice when you recover from these, these flu bugs and cold bugs. Your head's actually right. working right when you're doing these shows. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, it, I, I don't understand it. You know, you practice 300 days a year to play or 320 days a year to play 40 games. Uh, I, I always struggle with, you know what, if you can't be excited to play each and every game and go as fast as you can and play as hard as you can, uh, I, I don't understand it uh, because the game is the most fun part of the whole thing. Um and winning, obviously, is that much more fun on top of it. So I, I don't understand the slow part of it. Now, yes, plugging players into different spots, staying healthy is a big part because Clevin's another lineup. You know, guys have been hurt. We, we see that with every team, of course, uh, around the league. And Duluth has been a prime example of that as well with all the injuries and sickness they've had and not being very successful. But hopefully, A, they get healthy for the run in January. That's being, being healthy can really help you down the stretch, obviously. 
Uh, and plugging the right guys in the right spots and getting that team chemistry on those lines are so very important to score the goals and do everything necessary to win. But one thing this hockey team has had a bad habit of doing, and I'll point directly to the defensemen in this case, that dreaded cross-ice pass in your own end of the rink. Uh, they get too much finesse sometimes in their own end of the rink as well. Uh, I, I'm a big philosophy. I believe in the philosophy of keeping it simple, stupid, because mm-hmm. that's the kind of defense when I was. Just move the puck to the open guy and, and go. Um, this, this, the, the very first cross-ice pass I ever tried, uh, a Minnesota Golden Gopher accepted it right in front of my own net and scored a goal. There you go. I and never turn did, it over. I never, I, never, I never did that again. And so that's one weakness this hockey team has done over and over again, has made some uh, decisions that weren't the best decisions with the puck in their own end of the rink. We'll leave it at that. Denver, 19 points. Uh, St. Cloud State was 17. Omaha, 15. Western Michigan, 12. Duluth, 11. CC, 11. And North Dakota sitting with seven. So 12 points behind Denver. And that's, yep. uh, you know, but just win, Derek. Right, Brad? <laughs> Travis, I mean, winning, to winning, yeah. winning cures saying. all, doesn't it? I mean, right? Yeah, if they sweep this weekend, everybody's happy. Right. But, uh, a Denver, Denver to me is a class of the league. When they were in, in Grand Forks, they were it was a man, it was men playing boys. Uh, their their transition game was spectacular, it was as good as I've seen in a long time. They just basically played with UND and made it look relatively easy. So, in my opinion, they're the class of the of the NCHC. Uh, we'll know more as we see other teams, of course, in the second half of the season. What UND? I'll be in Grand Forks a lot in January. Uh, three home series in a row. So we'll be seeing a lot of these teams we haven't seen in person. So, um, but yeah, how often have you ever seen this where UND's in seventh place in the yeah. NCHC uh, in history? I don't think they ever, I don't think they ever, ha- ever have been. Um, so that's an area that Brad doesn't want to be in, doesn't want to get comfortable back in that area. But again, two teams on the ice, lots of talent. They both want to win. Sometimes it just doesn't work out, and sometimes chemistry is something they can't find. That happened back in 1981. Eighty, they won a national championship. 81, they did not make the national championship. And in 82, they won a national championship because team chemistry and the right players. That's what it comes down to. It doesn't happen every year. Simple as that. But the fan base, they don't like losing. No, no. (laughs) It's going to be Helston or DeRitter. Do we know who's in the net uh, tonight and or slash this weekend? Uh, You know what? Tossed up at this point. uh, DeRitter maybe because of the fact he's more of a veteran. But Helston has been relatively solid. But last weekend, 18 shots on net in one game against St. Cloud, and they let six in. Yeah. That's not a great save percentage, and that's not a recipe for success. So someone has to step up, and it better happen pretty soon. Boy, you're on your game, buddy. You're on your game. Uh, he is. The, yeah. I like it now that we get calls for the enforcer. Finally, it's the, the name has stuck. <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Uh, we we mentioned Howard right. Walker and Dean decision, you know, and Kerry Eads. I yep. mean, right, right there with them, right? right there. Travis Dunn put him right. You know exactly, and then, of course everybody's seen the 1982 footage from the. You know, it's on YouTube, Wisconsin UND. Uh, then you get the full pleasure of seeing what Kerry Eads and Dean decision can do. Yeah, that's exactly it. T Dunn, uh, good stuff, man. As always, have a have a great weekend, and we'll catch you on the radio. Okay, buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's a great uh, Travis Dunn. You can hear him on Game On Thursday nights on our brother station, KFGO, and around the rink right here on 740 The Fan. Speaking of of, of doing things and uh, haven't done or challenges and, and what wins would mean and all of that conversation, Derek, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was going over uh, back to the wrestling match tonight that, that you'll be over uh, doing. North Dakota State and Minnesota, when you when you look at these two and, and this series between these two programs and how 
how NDSU and Roger Kish, I want building, obviously, Bucky Mon, there's been a build, the wrestling's right. been really strong, but now in this new era, this is the 22nd meeting between these Has two. Has it been that many? Wow. Yeah, in the series. Minnesota holds a 19-2 to 2 advantage. The Bison have lost 17 straight matches. The last victory, the last victory for North Dakota State, December 5th, 1970. So you think about the Bison are 0-9 all-time in Fargo, 0-7 in the Division One era. So now you've got now you've got two teams that are ranked not far from each other in Division right. One. So just to sprinkle that in, right, <laughs> Derek? You know the you know what what a win would mean and what what this would mean. Kind of pretty good. Big potatoes, right? Yeah, big. I mean it's not it's not some of the Jay Robinsons teams of the early 2000s that were in the top three for the national championship yeah. every year, but you're still talking about. One of the programs you think about over the past, what, 30 years yeah. that have been in contention quite a right. bit and always fighting off Iowa and certainly now with Cal Sanderson, Penn State, the dominance right. that right. they've had. But it's uh, but we talk about signature wins for programs. It would be Dave. huge. It would be one of those, yeah. right? Yeah, hats off for Bucky for beating this program twice. Because, I mean, Minnesota has been no joke for a long time. Yeah. Going back to when Vern Gagne was wrestling for him for Vern crying Gagne. out loud. And, I, mean, that's that's, right. so, I mean, you're talking about a, a pretty storied program. and. You know, and for many years, Bucky had such a good relationship with the University of Minnesota. I mean, he more or less was, oh, Marty Morgan, you want to win a D2 title? I'll let you out, and then you go win a national title in <laughs> right, Minnesota. Right. So, I mean, it's they've always had that type of – it's it's. Jack Mon once said it to me. He goes, you know, going to wrestling tournaments is kind of like going to Grateful Dead concerts. You go from town to town and see the same people. So, <laughs> <laughs> is, that Jack, is that Jack Mon say? Yeah, that's a great that. saying. I'll write that one down. I'm going to have to steal that a couple times. Ooh, well, that's good. That's Brad gold. being from R- R- Lisbon, you oh, know it's the same, right? Oh, absolutely. Right? <laughs> that is a, I almost died A school there. administrator always talked about the, especially you go to high school tournaments, they call them the. Um, they call them the lunch bag crowd because yep. they just pack. They pack a lunch, lunch and that's it. They mm-hmm. find their seat. They get their blanket and their their yep. chair back. And there's Earl. All there's day. Kathy. There's George. Yep, there's yep, Tim. Yeah. There's because I mean, <laughs> there have been a lot of. Uh, yeah. And you want to talk about? And this is, sounds weird, but there have been a lot of uh, matchmaking things going on at these things too. I mean, like mm-hmm. like. From, oh. from kids, you know, to oh, whether sure, it be sure. you know like, families or maybe unions form. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe single parents. I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand. Sure, so, yeah, yeah. I, I just looked at that stat on the on the uh, NDSU Minnesota wrestling series, and, and I don't care who you are if you haven't beaten someone for, in fifty two yeah. years. Now, granted, you're not playing, or you're not dueling every. You know, the consistent. I didn't realize that they squared off that many times. To be honest with you, I, that kind of surprised yeah. me. But I'm. Twenty-two. I'm, sure, I'm guessing that uh, Bucky has taken his team down to Minneapolis quite a bit. I would imagine. Yeah. So, quick timeout. Tell you what, we'll uh, come back on the other side. Set the stage for you this week, and as we said, lots going on this week, and we'll talk about that next, right here on Seven Forty, the Fan. Paul Allen, Chris Finch, coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Got a, I got a bunch of guys who are at the right point in their career where winning is the most important thing. For those of you that are in town also for the uh, Fargo Ice Fishing Show, and if you've been catching some of our properties, we've been broadcasting live from the Ice Fishing Show. A lot of great stuff there. And, and, and I drive by Shields Arena every morning. Every morning? To take, uh, to take, the, take the young one to school. Right. And uh, I think yesterday there was the trailers, and you could see some of the 
some of the brand, some of the name brands on the side, and the trucks and the trailers, and they were getting set up at Shields Arena. So I would say the folks, the, those folks are, are probably thrilled that the temperatures have, have have gone down a little bit, and we're getting making some yeah. good ice out there and getting ready for that. Derek has these. You're an Ice Castle guy. You've got your stuff ready, rock and roll. I tell you what, on behalf Brad, like I said, Brad's like the Morgan Freeman. He knows how to get things like Shawshank, and he has come across. Uh, Ticket. So if you would like uh, to to win, we'll use the text club on this at 35270-35270. I've got two pair of tickets to the Fargo Ice Fishing Show. Good uh, for tonight. That runs until 7 o'clock tonight. So if you'd like that, just to text in um, ICE to 35270, just ICE to 35270-35270. Uh, and then we'll draw some winners. For that. Two pair for tonight and two pair for tomorrow. And again, runs from uh, 10, uh, 1 p.m. till 8 tomorrow excuse me one to eight tonight and 10 a.m till seven tomorrow so uh if you'd like a, a pair of ice fishing show tickets just text ice to three five two seven oh you know and we'll we'll choose a winner we'll call you back and and, and good luck to you on that's our gift to you on this friday i'd mentioned bison wrestling been since 1970 since they they defeated minnesota in a duel here's how smart Derek and brad are top billboard songs of 1970 oh boy I'll give you, uh, do you want me to give you the, the title and you give the artist? you want me to give the artist and you give me the title? You'll know. I, I guarantee you, you'll know. You don't have to do the title because there could be a lot. I'm thinking title, yeah. Number one, Bridge Over Troubled Water. Well, well, Simon and Garfunkel. Boom. Number two, uh, They Long to Be Close to You. The Carpenters. Bingo. Oh. Number three, American Woman. The Guess Who. Three for three. Winnipeg's Finest. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. American Woman from last, a Canadian band. Last time NDSU beat Minnesota Wrestling, 1970. Number four on the billboard, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, B.J. B.J. Thomas. Bingo. Uh, Edwin Starr sang this one-word title. Uh, War. Bingo. <laughs> five for five. There's no way you can string ten. Let's hold on. Six. Ain't No Mountain High Enough. Female singer. Oh, uh, da, 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 da. yes. It starts it's, with it's in Remember the Titans. Diana um, Ross. Six for six. I was okay. I was thinking. Okay, seven. Got that group of five young men. I'll be there. The well, four five. tops. <laughs> oh, oh, it's Jackson Five. <laughs> the Jackson Five. Then the four tops sing that too. Number eight. The one of the members of this band's son played for the FM Redhawks. Number eight song of 1970. Get ready. Rare Earth. Jesse Horlbeck's correct. dad, correct? Yep. How about that? I still remember he's in the booth with Scotty when Jesse hit four home runs. On Father's Day, On correct? Father's Day. I mean, yeah. how great is that wow. story? Yep. You are eight for eight. Oops. I don't know if ten's gettable. Number nine, Let It Be. Bunch of mop-haired dudes. Yeah, Beatles. Beatles. And number ten, Band of Gold. I wouldn't have gotten this one. Frida Payne. Holy cow, Brad. Wow. Are you kidding yeah. me? Are wow. you kidding me, Brad? I, I didn't know they had the well, That's amazing there. I, I had no idea what that <laughs> one was. Do you have fish for lunch? No, I just. smarter, I think. I'm, I'm very eclectic in my musical taste. That's, and, that is, fa- that just, I don't even need to do anything else this weekend. <laughs> I take the rest of the weekend off. I, do, I, I looked at this list and I thought, there's no way they're getting free to pay. And you just, you like it, like Maury, my yeah. old partner Maury will say, what, what, what do you think you're playing with, Jack? Ch- children? children? <laughs> that's right. Wow. Number 11, Mama Told Me Not to Come. Uh, oh, hang on. Uh, three Dog Nine. That's my guy. Very underrated band. Three, uh, three Dog Nine. Ray Stevens, number 12, 1970. 
70. Everything is... Everything is beautiful. <laughs> and tell me you didn't have this eight track from Bread. <laughs> I want to make it with you. Make right? it with you. Like we had an LTD, a Ford LTD that used eight track cartridges, and I think every cartridge was Bread. Ooh. <laughs> I'm impressed. I, I don't even care who you are. I mean, you'll get that kind of... Maybe if your halftime show isn't filled with scores well, and updates well, I might. tonight, you can, you might have to. You can drop songs of the 70s. Read a... I could host one of those Time Life infomercials and play at like 2 in the morning. You could be on with like Tanya Tucker That's or somebody. Right. And I be sitting it. next to what's left of Three Dog Night. <laughs> like you and Stephen Stills can chat a little bit. Frida Payne's still alive? I'm not sure. How old would Frida Payne... Now we got to... Now, little did I know when we started the show, it'd be Googling Frida Payne by the... <laughs> By the end, you can, she's still alive. Oh, that probably about what? 87, uh, 70, she 80, is 70, 80. 80. Okay, I was gonna go 80. 78. All right, well, you know your hot hits of the 70s. Thank you. Um, uh, you can text in three by two seven zero. We'll pick someone on behalf of Brad and his big brain of knowledgeable 70s songs. Good luck on those ice fishing show tickets coming is next.